This is the High School Football America podcast for September the 30th, 2021. I'm Jeff Fisher. Today on the High School Football America podcast, we are going to preview this Friday's huge game between number one, Modern Day, and number four, St. John Bosco in Southern California. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability, faster speed than huddle sideline, and GameStrat has awesome customer service. They also have different plans priced right for every coach's budget. And if you mention High School Football America, when you talk to GameStrat, they will give you a special friends and family discount. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. All right, heading to Santa Ana, California right now. Uh, I, I said this earlier in the week, and I really believe it. I truly believe that modern-day St. John Bosco is a, uh, is a game that all America knows about, and that's a rarity in high school football. You might know Valdosta and Lowndes because of some stuff in Georgia, but at the end of the day, I think America knows about this clash. It's been two times for the most part up until COVID, and they're probably going to do it again this year. The big one to open the Trinity League coming up, we've got the dean of coaches in the Trinity League on the line, a good friend of ours. Yeah, that you can hear the little laughter there. I'm telling you, Bruce, when I hear your voice, I feel like snapping that chin strap and going and hitting somebody. But Bruce Rollinson's here. Coach, how you doing? Welcome to the show, and thank you for taking the time on a very busy week before Bosco. Hey, Jeff. It's it's good to hear a friendly uh, voice. You know how much I respect your work, and we go way back. But, um, yeah, I, you know, it. it I don't know how many more of these we're going to do, but uh, I'm making the schedule for 22, and uh, so we'll at least be doing it another year. But uh, thank you for calling. Thank you uh, for having me on Football America. Uh, you know, it's a special special week, special game. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I think America does know about this one. Uh, you know, and and I would tell America the hype is worth it. Uh, we're, you know, you got two pretty good football teams teeing it up tomorrow night yeah no doubt about that and you know coach i I was thinking about this as i was talking on the intro there um it's rare to have two arch rivals right your your arch rival was always servite right and always will be yeah but i think over the course of jason's time there and bosco getting as good you've got two arch rivals that's not a an easy thing for a head coach is that fair to say that you've got two arch rivals now yeah, you know the the Servite Modern Day game is it, that's that's old school that that goes back to 1960. Um, I was part of that rivalry as a player, and you know no matter the magnitude of of tomorrow night, you know Servite is is still uh, has a soft spot when it comes to the old head coach. And sure enough, you know, Troy has built that thing back up. Uh, you know, not only do we have to worry about tomorrow night, but, uh, you know, we, we've got to worry about the Friars uh, on on the 22nd or 23rd of this month. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, people say, well, this is the big rivalry game. And I go, well, yeah, it's it, <laughs> It's become big, and, and there's a mutual respect for both pro, uh, programs, from both programs, but uh, there's also the Servite rivalry, which we'll gas up and, and talk about probably 
uh, in a couple of weeks. But, you know, we're focusing on this one. And you know what's crazy to me, Jeff, is, is this is a league game. <laughs> you know, this this isn't the semifinals of the Southern Section or the finals of the Southern Section. Uh, I've done more interviews and had more press here than we've seen in quite a long time. But um, you know what? It's it, it, it's it's why why modern day football's where it's at and why we have such a strong presence in social media. Uh, the brand is is. It's still good, and the old uh, ball coach is, is, is excited for tomorrow night. <laughs> and enjoying a Bruce Rollinson on the line on uh, High School Football America, the podcast uh, previewing. And Jason's going to be on the back end, Jason Negro. We're going to talk about that. One of the things, as you know, Bruce, and, and you and J- Jason have been on the podcast probably more than anybody over the whatever we're at now, 12 or 13 years. So I try to keep it fresh. I, the, folks, if you're turning into here, X's and O's right now, it, it's gonna, we're going we're gonna to set the scene for what this is all about. And one of the things that came to my mind when you were describing the, the, the two arch rival question I asked you was the fact that you are an alum of modern day. And I don't know that I've ever asked you this, but quite honestly, what does it mean to you to be the guy that was playing there, had that dream and those dreams as a teenager, and, and now you're doing what you're doing with your alma mater, leading them to, to national recognition and all that. You've got kids you know, playing at all levels of the game. What does that mean to you personally to be doing it in your own backyard that you love so much, as I know? It, it it's a special thing, uh, Jeff. I won't lie to you. Um, take took over in 1989, and and it seems like that was just a couple of years ago. And it's been a great 33 years uh, as the head coach. And and you know I'm in my 46th year at the high school as a teacher, and and now the uh, the assistant to the president in, in fundraising. But I go all the way back to 89 and, and, and I got the job and, and the first phone call I made was to my mentor who actually built the program at modern day, Dick Corey, God bless Mm -hmm. his soul. Um, you know, and, and I, and I still can remember, I said, all right, coach, you know, what do I do? And, and, and he said, reestablish the traditions and remember what, 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 what we believed in. We believed in the three stripes on our helmets, pride, poise, and courage, play great defense and score points. And I said, okay, that sounds pretty easy, but I, I hung my hat on, on reestablishing the, the, the traditions of the past, uh, and I, and I've never badmouthed anybody that went in between Coach Corey and myself. I don't care. They they thought they had the, the the secrets to success, and there was some success, but it wasn't uh, what we were what we did in the '60s, which was you know dominate and 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 everybody talking about modern day football. Um, you know, I got rid of all the junk on the helmets. You know, I went back to our plain red helmets with our white stripes. You know, I cleaned up the uniforms and went back to the traditional uh, stripes on the shoulder and, and their names on the back of the jerseys. And, and 
the Monarch March and, and a lot of internal ceremonies to bond my football team together to create a brotherhood to, to, to sell the concept of, of team, not me. Uh, and in this generation, that's, that's even harder than it's ever been. Um, you know, and, 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 and I think that's, you know, that, that's what I believe. And, and, and I've had success bringing the brand, you know, to the forefront, uh, you know, through great coaching and obviously great players, um, you know, attracting the, the Matt Barkley's, the Matt Leinert's, the JT Daniels, the Bryce Young's, uh, and, and, and building a program from freshman through senior year. And, and, and in the last six, eight years, Jeff, we've had incredible freshmen and we've had incredible numbers that have stuck in the program. I have, I have 36 seniors and of nice. those 30, yeah, but of those 36, 28 are four year monarchs. Uh, I have a junior class that, that, that's 45 strong. And of those 45, 40 are, are four year per to three year players. So, you know, that's important to me that you drink the Kool-Aid. Um, I run a no cut program as long as you're accountable to the rules and the traditions and you don't embarrass the program. So, you know, I'm proud of that. But but I can tell you when we hit it tomorrow night, uh, yeah, we, we have a responsibility to the players of the past. Uh, we have a responsibility to defend all of the players who wore this great helmet and this great uniform. And, and they'll be reminded of that uh, before we go out, um, that they are one uh, but they represent all. So, you know, it, it, it is important to me. Yeah. I played in big games as high school player and, and I know I can remember, I, you know, like, you know, I told them one, one evening, I think it was Tuesday night after practice, you know, it's good to be nervous. It's good to be anticipating this big game. But if you have any fear, pull a hamstring and, and don't come with us because fear is, is not part of what we do, um, you know, and get ready to execute at high level. And, you know, I mean, a high school football game that sold out in four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Hottest ticket in town. I was joking with Jason because I taped his yeah. interview that's coming up in a second here. Earlier, I said, hey, coach, uh, can I get one? Obviously, I'm not going to be there from Atlanta, but he's yeah. like, oh, I could probably find a way in. I'm like, that's what I love about you. But anyway, he said, it's it's been crazy with all that. And again, folks, if you're tuning in, the big ones tomorrow night, modern day St. John Bosco, uh, you can probably go to past interviews and hear the coach speak from both sides on this. So I want to kind of keep it uh, to give you something a little different that you're not going to get in any other media and coach, you know, you were talking there, and, and my mind just always wanders when I'm talking to you because you paint such an eloquent picture. And I go back to when I met you in, in 2012, and there were some people that wanted your scalp, and Bosco wasn't yeah. necessarily the Bosco. So here's what the question is about that that I know I've never asked you, which is, that was then. We know what's happening now. A couple of our national championships in 17 and 18, and maybe even one last year had you not played through COVID. But what did you learn about yourself 
back then during those couple of tough years where, again, you, your, your, your name was on everybody's lips, but maybe not in the way you wanted it to be. Um, what did you learn about yourself personally? Uh, I learned that no matter what you do in the past, it's what you're doing now that counts. Uh, you know, I, I, and I thought it was fascinating. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, the best one was the game has passed him by. He's too old. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we need to get a new head coach. And, 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 and I, I did. I laughed. I said, well, I don't think I'm too old. But, you know, the, the other thing I learned Jeff was, um, you and I have talked about this. I needed to reevaluate my program. Uh, I needed to become current with the power of, of, of the social media. Uh, I was a, I was a dinosaur. I thought it was funny in 2011, 2012, to tell people, well, yeah, I have email, but I just delete everything. <laughs> and what I was saying is, is I don't get it. Yeah. Um, it was what was coming. It was what the kids looked at. Um, so I said to myself, okay, you know, let's go. Um, and it, and it was, it was investigating the, the, uh, advances in strength training and in nutrition. I knew the core values were still good. It was reinventing myself and understanding this next generation of kids, uh, passing teams, passing league teams that they became part of. And, 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 and also, like I said, you know, saying, okay, there were other competitors. Uh, there, there were guys, uh, programs that were attracting to the kids. Orange County had grown to where there were other choices, not just private, but public. Um, and then getting back to work, doing everything that is legal to expose the greatness of modern day high school, not just Nike uniforms and football, but the value of a private education. Mm -hmm. uh, we're a multicultural school and, and you know, yeah, the, the population is still majority Catholic, but we're proud of our non-Catholic and our ethnicity diversity. Uh, and then financially, Jeff, it was, it was a simple fix. I had to get out and build an affinity fund uh, that helped with more tuition assistance and also expenses and, and all of the things that are needed to run a big-time program. Um, and, 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 and it became exciting for me. And, and as I watched the growth of Bosco, Fortunately, I, I developed a great friendship and a great relationship with Jason Negro. i give you a great example. Probably, I don't know, 15, 16. Um, I was talking with, with Jason in, in downtime at a, at a summer passing tournament. And 
I said, I see you have a golf tournament because it's advertised on social media. And he goes, yeah, don't you? And I said, no. And he said, oh, man, you're missing the boat. Uh, so immediately I grabbed a group of men and we will have our fifth annual Rollo Invitational in December. Uh, a huge source of income that I was missing. Uh, something as simple as uh, not simple because it's tough to you know oh, yeah. pull together 130 golfers and the dinner and the the the, the auction items. But I got people that want to help me, uh, and I rallied the troops, and this became a, a, a major part of modern day football, non-player related. So you know, and I, I continually, I mean, I give credit to both of my daughters, Caroline and Catherine, who sat me down and spent hours, you know, I mean, I used to say, I'm not going to have Instagram and Facebook <laughs> and Twitter. And, you know, they, they said, no, yes, you are. And you're going to understand. And then my daughter, Catherine Peterson is my director of football operations. Gave daddy uh, a makeover. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it does. No, exactly. And I'm not afraid to admit it in front of the, the, the public that's listening. Uh, the old dinosaur, I said, all right, I'll show you. Um, yeah, I move a little slower on the field, but I still have that energy, Jeff. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to have my kids, you know, at, at, at peak emotion tomorrow night. I have no uh, but, doubt. But, but it's, it, 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 it's contagious. You know, I always kid Jason. I said, yeah, you, you built the stadium, and it's an awesome little stadium, pa uh, Panish Stadium, uh, the Panish Family Stadium. And and I said to him, I said, yeah, you got a big old scoreboard, but I could care less. But I love, he's got a sound system in there, Jeff, and there's going to be rock and roll music playing during warm-ups, and, you know, I'm going to be jumping up and down with the rest of my kids. Uh, you know, getting it to fever pitch and, and, and Matthew and Joey, my grandsons, they'll be, they'll be running up and down copying the players. And, and I'm just going to savor the moment, you know, cause I'm at a point in my career where, you know, I, I, I can enjoy it a little bit and, and, and yeah, I want to win badly. Um, you know, and I hate losing, but I want the kids to experience this. So when 10 years from now, you know, they say I played in the modern day Bosco game and, and, and I, I played in a CIF finals. Uh, I have a championship ring. Um, you know, those are the memories and I'm still practicing what Rawlinson taught me. Uh, the That's work ethic, the values, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, I'm past my record. I'm, that's where I get my biggest joy is, is to have the players call me 10 years later with success or call me if they're struggling because um, I'm always available. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, 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 it is, you know, but, but I do go back to around 2011, 12, when, when, the the distractors were calling for my head and i said all right you know 
You pissed off the wrong guy. <laughs> you woke up the dinosaur that didn't need to be awakened. Bruce Rollinson yeah. on the line. Modern day, yeah. uh, we, we've covered a lot of ground. Let's get to the game. I, I, I posed this question to Jason. I'm going to pose it to you. I can argue it either way. You go into the Trinity League, which is a gauntlet. That's the word I've used since I got out there and, and was exposed to it. It is a gauntlet. There are no easy games in this league. And here you go, right off the bat, with what some will call a national championship part one. Uh, good thing or bad thing? And and why uh, do you feel that about it being the the opening game on the schedule? Well, yeah, you know, you're going to have to play them. And, 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 and you know, it, this edition of the, of the 2021 Modern Day Bosco game, you know, We've only had three games to prepare for them. They've had five. Mm-hmm. That's 200 more live snaps, game snaps, than they've had from us, uh, the, the, over us. Um, I don't know if that's going to be a factor in this game, but what I can tell you, Jeff, is I have 100% of every kid that, that started uh, down in Texas. They're all healthy. So that's a good thing. You know, I, I look at that and say, okay, if I'd have had two more, um, you know, because I can't get anybody to play me, so it would have been mm-hmm. two more power games. Uh, I might have lost a couple of my, my top players. Um, you know, I, I, there's no good place to put a Bosco. There's no good place to put a, a, a Servite. Um, I think Jason has it harder because he's got to go – I think uh, I, I think he plays Servite right after me. I'm not sure, um, you know. I, I but but it doesn't matter, you know. I've got Orange Luther, and uh, I think it's a great way to tip off the Trinity League play. Uh, draw attention to the league. Uh, all of us coaches have rallied around the the mantra of the toughest league in the nation, uh, and they coach that way, and and and. You know, what I would tell America is, you know, the fun of coaching against a great staff and a great head coach like Jason Negro, you know, last weekend we we spent hours in preparation. And, and tomorrow night at 7.37 when, when she gets kicked off, you know, now – you know, we, we, we're going to be making adjustments on the fly in the first quarter. Okay, how's he, how's he defending against us? What changes has he made uh, to attack modern day's offense? And flip it over, you know. Uh, what changes has he made uh, against our defense when he puts his offense? You know, how is he going to attack our defense? Um, which is a task. We, I mean, we, we, we've got one of the best defenses we've had. Uh, and, and, and there's a lot of big-time players out there. But, but you, you, you don't get a minute to, to, to watch because you're constantly, you know, I don't want to say, you know, uh, you know the, the coaching matchup is fascinating to me. And, and we've got to be on task tomorrow night. As coaches, um, you know, you and I know in a game like this, the head coach, I'm going to make probably three critical decisions. Uh, I've got to be ready to make those decisions. Um, 
So I've played scenarios over in my head, and I've watched tape and said, all right, what if we get in a fourth and one, uh, you know, on the on the plus 45 or the plus 40? Mm-hmm. You know, do I punt it and pin them back, or do I pin my ears back and go for it? That's a critical decision. Um, so, you know, I'm excited about making those decisions. Yeah, I have no doubt. Uh, you, and by the way, folks, if uh, for the ones that were putting their his name on their lips back at 11 and 12, uh, you can tell he's got a little bit of fire in his belly yet. Uh, that, that's my own personal little opinion, and that's all I'm going to say. A little, little jab to those people out there. Coach, a couple more questions let you go again. Always thank you for your time. Um, I'm going to ask you about the defense, but before that, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. You've mentioned the litany of names, right? From Barkley to Liner through JT, Bryce. By the way, I'm watching, loving watching both of those guys here in the Southeast Conference living in Atlanta. But, you know, there's probably people going, well, this Elijah Brown, where does he stack up in the whole mix? You made a statement to me a couple of years ago, you know, Bryce Young's going to be pretty good, and, and you turned out to be right. So, where is Elijah in the mix here? You know what? He, he's, he's dotted all the I's and crossed the T's. Um, you know, I, 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 I would say one thing. Um, he only had five games in, in, in his freshman campaign. Uh, and, and, you know, he's got three more under his belt, and he's, he's been spectacular in those three. Uh, his statistics are staggering. He's thrown at something like, you know, 74%, 75% uh, with, with a lot of yardage behind, behind his, his statistics. Um, you know, we've increased uh, the responsibility, um, you know, but, but, you know, he's still a puppy. Uh, he's still a, a work in progress. But I can tell you the the abilities there, the arm strength is there. Uh, I can only imagine how good he's going to be in the next two years. Um, but but he's pretty good one, Jeff. I, I mean, I have tremendous confidence in in how he's going to run the race car, and uh, you know we're we're going to gas it up a little bit. Uh, you know, we've given him more concepts and and more audibilization and more responsibility for protecting himself. Uh, You know, go back to what I said earlier to the people. One of the things, you know, uh, benefit of not having a game is, is that was, you know, we, we just worked on Bosco stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it it was like having two buys, uh, you know, the team we played last week is, is a, is a hard uh, not a, they're a well-prepared team, but, but, you know, my first didn't play a lot. Um, so we've spent a lot of preparation time on Bosco. Uh, I do not believe in, you know, analysis by paralysis by analysis. Mm-hmm. We know what we're facing. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, the, the beauty for Elijah Brown is very simple. He's got a kid named Relief Brown standing behind him, and I can bring two more tailbacks in uh, that not are not quite as good as a, as a five-star like Relique. But that's going to take the pressure off him. If you want to, you know, we're not going to just put it up in the air every play like we did with JT and Bryce. 
we have a huge threat in the run game with with Relique. Uh But if we do throw it, you know, you got five star C.J. Williams going to Notre Dame. You got Quincy Craig uh, on the on the four by one hundred relay team that can take the top off it. You got a young kid named Jeff Res- uh, uh, Jack Wrestler. Uh, who's going to be the next in line of the CJs? And then there's a secret weapon out on the on the other side, a kid named Cooper Barkate, uh, just absolutely can fly. And and you know he took the top off it twice down in down in Dallas. Uh, one time uh, Elijah got it up and out to him. The other time um, he was screaming open. Uh, Elijah didn't see it, but you know, so who do you take away? If you double CJ, look out for Barcade. So the weapons are there. Like I've told the young kid, this isn't rocket science, son. Get the ball out of your hand, get it close to them and they'll make you look great. Yeah. And, And you know, I went back and watched a couple of game films before I started both of these interviews this week. And, and I think this will get to the last question, which I know you love. The defense is great. I'm going to leave that alone a little bit. But I want to go to what you love, which is your your front. And it, it, if my analysis is right, when modern day plays Bosco well and wins, it's because not the guy chucking the ball, but it's like yeah. you were talking about there, the, the run yeah. game. So, so talk a little bit about where you feel with only three games and a lot less snaps, your offensive line is uh, for this challenge. Uh, the number one key to victory for modern day high school is how they play. They have to control the line of scrimmage against a great front seven. Uh, the the linebacker core and the, and the defensive line of Bosco is all returned from from the shortened season. Uh, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, uh, and and I I got a good offensive line, but an untested. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the three games uh, they they they've taken care of business and I expect them to take care of business tomorrow night. But um, you know there's a young sophomore uh, Andre Carter that that's you know a, a big time player. You know six five three three thirty uh, at the left tackle and and he's a force. Um, I'm going in with a freshman at left guard. <laughs> Uh, you love doing that. You like challenging yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but the kid is, is he's a big, powerful kid, Sioni Toei. Uh, just, you know, it, he fascinates me. Um, and I've got a, I've got a, another kid I can bring in if, if, if the game and the magnitude of the game is too big, a kid named Brandon Baker. Both these kids are well over 300 pounds. Baker's got a little bit of height on, on Toei, but... Uh, the Rock is the center. B.J. Tolo uh, started as a freshman at the guard position, you know, has has probably 25 games uh, experience. Um, you know, he's a 320-pound 6'2 kid. Uh, the right guard is, is – I'm really proud of him. He, he – a kid named uh, Masula Tapasua – uh, Mo's a, a 290-pound guard, um, but he's just he's playing so well, uh, and and he's one of those kids that plays with a chip on his shoulder. 
he blew by a couple of the guys that were getting all the press, uh, and he locked down that starting spot. And then I'm proud of the right tackle, Jack Lappin. You know, he's six two, three hundred. Um, you know, but but again, you know that you got, you know, laps. You know, he's a puppy. The freshman's a puppy. I'm not worried about uh, the Carter kid because God blessed him with so much talent. I mean, he started his first game in the spring season and had 10 college offers after that first start. Impressive. You know, one of those being, you know, a Southeast Conference school, and, and then, you know, both SC and UCLA offered him just based on, you know, his freshman season. Uh, so, but they're 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 going to be up to the challenge. Uh, we can always chip protect if they're struggling. I know uh, you love talking about your piggies. That's why I had to bring it up there. And you, no, <laughs> I tell you what, man. And, and and you know, I'm a I'm a look everyone up in the eye and say, okay, it's on you, brother. I don't care. You know, I don't believe in pressure. You know, I'm just an old man telling them to 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 rise to the occasion. But I can guarantee you. Uh, they're going to be ready to play. But, but you know, for those of you that watch it on Bally's TV, formerly Fox, uh, which still is hard for me to say. <laughs> me too. Because uh, I, have, I have so many years with Fox. But, uh, you know, just watch my offensive line. If, if, we're, if we're getting it done up front and, 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 and running the football successfully, protecting Elijah, uh, you know, we're halfway home. So I don't get yelled at real quickly. I, I've only got a few minutes here left on this, but why don't, why don't you give the defense? I don't want people saying Fisher didn't talk about the defense. No, it, it, it's what. very good. Folks, you just watch it. They're very good. Both teams have very good defenses. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it starts up front. Uh, you know, I'm going to feature literally, Jeff, probably seven different defensive linemen. Uh, and they all bring to the table different skills and different abilities. Any one of those seven could start anywhere on any high school football team. Uh, and one of our, you know, things that we're going to rely on tomorrow night is is we're we're bringing fresh legs constantly. And when you know, I mean, you know, you start with you know who do you want to start with? Caho, Tuliamaka. Uh, you know, he's six five, three forty at the nose tackle. Um, you know, and, and he's getting better each week, but I can bring in uh, a freshman after him that's six one, three twenty. Uh that's just playing uh incredibly well. Uh you know, you got one of the captains, um Sione Moa. Uh he's more cat quick. But, you know, again, you know, 6'3", 280-pound kid that can just flat-out fly. Uh, Jacob Kangaika, 6'2", uh, 310, uh, play him inside or, or at the end position. Um, you know, there's just, there's just a bunch of them that, that are going to, you know, I can bring in a, a young kid uh, that, that's spectacular, a kid named Aiden Breland. Um, six six, three thirty. Um, just you know, powerful hands. That's where all your money's going to the pay the the pregame meals for these kids. They're so large. You know what? <laughs> you bring up a good point. That's what I tell kids. I go, you better be ready to play because it's going to cost me about a thousand dollars to feed you. <laughs> <laughs> 
you owe me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, and then the linebacking core is absolutely spectacular, and and the the David Bailey kid is off the charts. He is worth the price of admission. Uh, you know, six three, two hundred forty pound. Uh, you know, what what college does he want to go to? Five stars. And, and Bailey's the type of player that rises up in a game like this. And, and when he brings his A game, you know, it, it, it's basically, I mean, he's got an NFL profile. Um, my two inside guys, Malaki Teo, uh, you know, 240 pounds, 6'2", inside linebacker. And, and then the kid that will be all over the field, Leviticus Sua. Um, two-year starter, started as a freshman inside, uh, just, you know, God blessed him with so much speed and power. And then outside, you got uh, Owen Carey, you know, a Texas commit, uh, 6'3", 240 kid that can run. Uh, I can bring in Lyric Fata uh, anytime. Uh, a kid that's under the radar that, you know, this could be the breakout game for him. And then you know about my back end. You've interviewed, you know, Josh Hunter, four-year starter at safety. Um, you know, the Cam Sidney kid going to Cal. Uh, you know, we got a, we, we took a hit uh, in the Texas game. We lost uh, the state champion 100-meter 10-2 kid, Damani Jackson. We're going to miss him tomorrow night. Um, you know, but but uh, he, he hurt. Uh, got hurt in that game, but I, I, I got a young kid, Zabion Brown, that, that, you know, at this point in Zabian's career, he played a lot as a freshman last year. He's only a sophomore, but we feel he's ahead of where Damani was at at the same age and the same experience. Uh, and then a kid named Christian Patero and, and, you know, and Quincy's going to come over and, and play in the nickel package. So, you know, yeah, I'm going I'm to turn my boys loose. <laughs> I love it, Coach. Well, thank you for taking the time. Hey, the great thing about, you know, I, I know you've been doing all these interviews leading up to this and, and, and talking about your quarterbacks at the college level, but the good thing is with this great raspy voice that I actually love, I'm not making fun of it, you know I love your <laughs> voice, is it never gets, you know, like my voice sometimes... Then it doesn't sound good. Yours just kind of gets, it's like a fine wine. It ages as you talk. <laughs> but anyway. yeah, you know what? I've been asked, you know, we got the New York Times out here to cover the game. Uh, and the guy said the same thing. And, and a, a while back, my sisters found a bunch of old uh, family uh, eight millimeter mm -hmm. uh, tapes. We found a projector and, and there's, there's me talking, a uh, little punk's 10-year-old or 11-year-old, but my voice sounded the same, so, you know, because everybody says, well, you must have smoked a lot of cigarettes, or you must have... 
he must have drank a lot of whiskey. Well, I don't drink, and I don't I never smoke a cigarette. God just blessed me with this thing, but uh, I'll tell I love you what, it. it's going to be going to be at full volume tomorrow night. <laughs> Coach, I, I love spending time with you. You, you I, I really do learn so much. I wish you nothing but success. I love both Thank you me. and Jason. I, w- I, I, I wish neither one had to win or lose. I guess, uh, but but ties are not any fun at all. So go get them and yeah. uh, uh, yeah. just have a lot of fun out there. All right, buddy, that's what it's all about. High School Football America, tune in on this one. You're going to see a great one. All right, heading about 20 miles away for, uh, well, as I said it at the top, this this may be America's game, the one that uh, everyone in America knows about, uh, modern-day St. John Bosco. Time to bring in, uh, well, we just spoke to the dean of the Trinity League coaches, and now it's time to talk to the guy, the second most tenured guy, the guy at St. John Bosco, Jason Negro, an alum of the school. Thanks for joining us, uh, Coach, to talk about, yeah, I think this could be called America's game. Well, I sure hope so. I mean, it seems like it's been that way over the last five or six years, and um, I appreciate you mentioning that I am the second most tenured uh, <laughs> coach in this. This league certainly eats up coaches. There's no doubt about that, and I, I'm going to start with the same question I asked Bruce because you guys are also the two most interviewed people uh, at High School Football America since 2011, so I, I, I try to always change it up, and, and, and people that are listening that may want to hear kind of X's and O's for this game, they're not going to get that because you guys have kind of done that through the course of things. So my question is, you both are alums of the school, and you, you have the tenure just like Bruce does. What does it mean to you to be the, the, the coach at St. John Bosco, a place that you you cut your teeth at uh, as, as a teenage boy. Well, something that is pretty special for me, which is much to me in the four years at which I was there. Uh, I really embraced the philosophy and the mission behind uh, the Salesian education I was getting, and I wanted to be able to come and give back. And I never thought in a million years we would have the success that we're having. Um, but I'm going to continue to obviously appreciate that, and, and I'm honored to be in this role. And I, it's something I take very seriously. And I think that's what kind of motivates me day in and day out to, to get up to school, to get into my office, get working and to try to give back to the community that gave me so much so many years ago. And you mentioned pressure. Um, you know, Bruce laughs that one off, and, and and I know you'll laugh it off a little bit too. But there is definite pressure that comes along with that. How do you personally deal with pressure? That's a really good question because there is a lot of pressure. And I think when most people think, oh, man, it's just high school football and, you know, this and that. But it's relative to the fact that this is my career. This is a passion of mine. This is something that, um, you know, I kind of – both Bruce and I, we're, we're not teachers, although we're, you know, educators, we're coaching, and, and that's part of teaching, but we're not in the classroom day to day. So this is our job. The community at St. John Bosco and the community at Modern Day expects us to be successful, and I think that's the reason why we're in these roles. So, at the end, you know, when you, when you look at it, it's, it's really a challenge, and, you know, you put that pressure on yourself. But how I deal with it, um, I try to just, you know, take my time during the day to enjoy the small things that I can. And um, I try to spend some time with the family and, the, and you know, and my wife and kids. And when I'm with them, I, I try to detach myself a little bit from football. Um, I live in Huntington Beach area, so it's nice to drive the coast into work, 
and kind of think about other things other than, you know, football and the grind that I'm about to embark upon. Yeah, we, we had some trouble getting some timing on this interview, folks. And, uh, I, I'm, you know, I've had your wife on the podcast before. Now, now last right. night, now last night you talked about, you know, a little, little decompression. And how'd your daughter's, was it a dance recital? I, I'm going to get the kids in here now, too. I've never done that. So how was the recital? I know it's- well, it wasn't a recital, but my, my daughters had a dance thing going on at their studio. And I, you know, and I apologize. I was supposed to be on the show. Don't worry night, about that. Like, <laughs> I'm sitting in the middle of this thing and I get the text me and I'm like, oh man, I can't pull out of this thing or I'll look like the bad dad. So, um, no, you have to try to prioritize sometimes. And, and that's something that's important to me. And I have two teenage daughters, you know, one of them is a sophomore, one just graduated from high school, um, here locally. And so for me, it, you know, the big thing is to keep everything in perspective and make sure that, you know, you're putting the time in where it's, it's important. And, um, and family is certainly a big part of that. And I'm very, very blessed because I do spend a lot of hours at what I do, but I have a lot of support, you know, behind me. And I got an incredible coach staff and incredible, you know, administration at Bosco, which allows me to alleviate some of that pressure that you were talking about. And again, folks, I apologize, but Jason and I have a little bit more of a more than just a kind of a reporter relationship here, journalist thing. So, can you dance, Dad? <laughs> no, you know it's funny. <laughs> a couple of Junes ago, they did a June show, and a couple uh, years ago, my daughters they did this dance, dad daughter dance thing, and I'm like, there is no freaking way because I knew that Bruce might have had somebody out there in the audience with a camera and it's going to end up, you know, on the modern day website. So I was like, there's no way this is happening. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things when you talk about pressure and, and again, we're trying to take some things that we don't normally talk about, but it's related to the game is, so this is your game this year, right? You, you got your on campus thing. How, How much time do you have to invest away from the X's and O's. I, I know Jesse Christensen's there. She does a great job, and you've got staff. But, I mean, you do have to invest in that away from X's and O's, and that's pressure too, right? Oh, without question. I think that's probably one of the most challenging things this week. And, you know, um, you know we're in an unfortunate situation in St. John Bosco too. Our, our athletic director is on, on leave, medical leave. He's dealing with some cancer issues. So we haven't had him since last November. So we went through the spring season without an athletic director, and now we're going in, you know, through um, a regular season without one. And he's there in heart, mind, and spirit uh, and helps out as much as he can from afar. But, you know, it's really the responsibility of running this game and putting on this production, you know, does fall on the shoulders of Jesse and myself. And, you know, I'm lucky to have her. I don't know how many football coaches out there in America have, you know, director of football operations at their disposal. She's a full-time employee, uh, but she works really hard. But those pressures are in, in important as well because we have a responsibility to the school community to put on a show and give kids an experience. And, you know, having 6,000, you know, plus people on our on-campus stadium is going to be quite, um, you know, the spectacle. So we have a lot of, you know, roles and responsibilities in providing tickets and, you know, making sure that things are going to logistically work well. And I also want to be able to be sensitive to modern day. You know, we don't want to make it difficult for them. We want them to be able to come in and feel comfortable to be able to give them the best opportunity for them to be successful. And I think that's just the right way to do things. So we work really hard in, at doing that. And we take care of the media and do all the things that we could possibly do. But, 
it's more of a CEO approach rather than that football <laughs> coach at this point. Jason Negro, head coach of St. John Bosco on the line, modern day St. John Bosco coming up. Uh, hottest ticket in town. How many ticket requests have you got? What What do you think when you see people <laughs> trying to scalp tickets for this game? Matt, I tell you what, I, I know what a first-round draft pick probably feels like after they sign that first contract and people come out of woodwork. I have so many more friends now that are reaching out saying, hey, coach, do you remember me? I recovered that fumble in the 84 homecoming game. So you can get me a couple tickets. Uh, no, it's crazy. I mean, you know, I'm just – it's humbling, you know, and it's difficult all in the same because, you know, you have so many people that want to be a part of it, and that's what – you know, you set it up to do is to build something in a culture. And, and we're very strong in our brotherhood at Bosco being an all male environment, you know, our enrollment, our school is all, all boys school. So, you know, we really have built a lot of bonds throughout the years and these guys are invested in the program and they want to come back and the community is, is super proud. And, and here in LA, you know, it's big deal. I mean, it is a big deal. There's a lot of population that know about St. John Bosco and modern day, is probably four times the size of our school in terms of student population. Um, but I'm, we're going to give them a run for the money for in terms of, you know, the support and things like that. I have no doubt you could fill a much bigger stadium. Uh, ask Bruce this one. A Trinity League opener, um, I can think of positives and negatives to that for you guys meeting in the opener. Uh, what's your take on it? <laughs> well, the positive is that we get them out of the way. <laughs> you know what I <laughs> And I, I don't have four weeks and I don't have to worry about them. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a challenge. The funny thing is, you know, we, in the spring and back in April, they were the last game of the league. Um, you know, and now in, you know, it flips for us here in, in the way we rotate it. So we, they're the first game of the league this year. So one of the, like I said, one good thing is, is that we get them out of the way, um, which is, which is a positive. Um, but it also kind of sets the tone. You know, you can go in one of two directions. I've told the kids this. Hey, you beat them. You're in the driver's seat. Um, if you don't, you know, you're sitting from behind and we got some monsters ahead of us. I mean, Servite right now is looking like, you know, one of the top teams in the league, if not even the state, maybe the country. So we got challenges ahead of us. And, and this is a big one. I mean, this is going to put the winner in the driver's seat to, to potentially have a league title and be that number one seed going into the division one playoffs, which is certainly a very coveted position, you know, here in California. No doubt. And uh, like you said, Servite's in our top 100 way up there. And even Santa Margarita and, and Olu having great years somewhere in the in the top 130, I guess. So uh, it's interesting. Um, what's been interesting, too, and we talked about this before, both you guys, both you and Bruce, have problems sometimes finding games. Bruce has a much smaller mm -hmm. schedule this year. You come in with five games, your full content that you would have at this point. Bruce, only three. Um, it, it, any advantage there uh, on either side maybe, maybe someone's a little less banged up but you you are coming off a bye week I know that too yeah without question I it scheduling games is super difficult and this is something that a lot of people don't know as well as Bruce and I kind of work together and trying to find games for each other um you know we run the Trinity versus USA showcase and we had them a game set up with Mililani from Hawaii, which would have given them one more game. Right. But, you know, Hawaii pushed back their season, you know, past the date of the game. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a challenge. And, and he and I, are, you know, kind of bounce ideas off of each other and try to figure out what we need to do. Uh, but in terms of, you know, we were lucky enough to get the full complement of five games, and I think they only played three um, leading into this contest. And I don't think it's going to be really that much of a factor. He does a really good job in preparing his kids and, I would feel no different 
um, playing this game. It was if it was the first game of the season versus you know in our case the sixth game or their their case the fourth game. I, I don't think it's going to really matter. He does a really good job of preparing his kids. I think you know they're going to be in game shape. They're going to be healthy. We're pretty much healthy. Um, so it, you know that's exactly how you want to have it. And you know, and God willing, if we're fortunate enough to play him, you know, ten weeks down the road you know, we're going to be in the same spot. That does happen on a regular basis, as we all know. Yeah. Jason Negro on the line here, St. John Bosco head coach. Uh, we've, we've talked about this before, and, and Bruce has as well. Both respect each other. Both of you are friends. You you just mentioned that you work together and all that. You guys talk at all during game week? Uh, we did, actually. Um, you know, a lot of people probably don't know. You know, he reached out to me on Monday when we were having ticket haywire going on. Uh, you know, and asking me, and he actually asked me, how you doing? And I said, well, I'm probably just like you. I'm a mess. Um, you know, no, we, we have a pretty good relationship. We don't talk a whole lot game week. Um, we are good friends off of the field, you know, and we've really developed a relationship through um, our partnership with Nike. Uh, you know, every February we go up to Portland as, as an elite group with schools across the country. And Bruce and I travel together when we go up there along with Matt Logan um, Scott Altenberg, Matt Logan's at Centennial, Scott Altenberg's at Sarah and, and, and Bruce and I, and, and some of the coaches across the country. And I've developed a pretty good relationship and a respect for him, um, beyond football. You know, he's done it for so long and done such a great job. Uh, but we don't talk too much during the, during the week. I think he's, in, you know, kind of focused on what he's doing. However, you know, if there's something that comes up with a lower level game or something that we need to communicate about, in terms of the game, we'll certainly – I don't have any problems calling him, and I know he feels comfortable calling me. Yeah, I have no doubt about that. He always says, and he said this on the air in the past, that you know he always knows coming into a Bosco game that you're a good game planner and you're going to have something-something. I don't think I've ever asked you the yeah. question on the reverse side of that. What's the thing that yeah. you think makes Bruce special? Yeah, he's been there a long time. He's won a lot of games in that. But right. what, what, what do you think about when you're game planning against him, and what do you think about what he may have in store kind of up his sleeve? Well, you know what? First of all, schematically, they're just so incredibly sound. I mean, I think that when you look at that, um, you know, certainly they're talented. And I think something that's lost a lot with, with teams like what we have at St. John Bosco or what they have at Modern Day is the fact that everybody thinks that we just have a bunch of talented guys, which I'm not going to say that we don't. We have some of the best, you know, football players in the country without, without question, and we have a collection of them a lot. You know, however, you still, when you get into a game like this, when you're when you're meeting somebody that has equal or, you know, roundabout talent that you have, you still have to be able to coach. And I think when you look at the modern day staff and what they're able to do year in and year out in terms of the schematics, they're always prepared. The technique at which their players play with is second to none. You know, you look for little areas here and there that you can exploit or you can, you know, take advantage of because maybe a guy, you know, um, you know, plays too high or maybe a guy, you know, doesn't play in his right technique and he plays over his feet, you know, as an offensive lineman and, and stuff like that. And when you watch modern day and you break them down position by position, every single one of their kids is playing with such great technique. And I think that's a compliment to not only Bruce, but because um, he probably makes it as a head coach mandate that their guys have to be technically sound. And that's something that's super impressive. And there's not a lot of weaknesses. There's not a lot of holes in their program. Um, and even though, you know, year in and year out, they lose players, gain players. Um, they just plug in place. And that's something that's really been impressive to me. And as a program that's trying to emulate greatness, 
we do the same thing at Bosco. And it's something that I kind of patterned what we do at Bosco and said, listen, we want to beat these guys. We better be technically sound and we better coach up, um, you know, or they're going to beat us talent for talent. Yeah, one thing I always joke with Bruce about, and I did it a couple of couple of years ago. When I arrived in Los Angeles, they wanted his head, as you talked about pressure earlier. Yeah. And uh, but boy, um, right. they're probably lucky that they didn't do that. That's for sure. Jason Negron here. We're going to wrap up with a couple right. of quick questions. You um, this year, you, a couple of quality wins. A top thirty team in uh, Miami Central. That was a home win for you. I took to the road, went all the way east coast to Virginia, beat a very good Oscar Smith team, defending champ there. They're probably going to have a a good shot at winning it this year. Um, my question is this: You love taking those cross country trips for more than just football. You like the the whole thing, you know, educating the kids, sightseeing, all that sort of stuff. My question to you is: What did you learn about this team? Because I know you like what those trips do, kind of as as the as the brotherhood and togetherness. Did you learn anything about this team as a result of the Virginia trip? That's going to make you smile heading into uh, Friday night's game. Oh, without question. I mean, what I learned is that I love these guys more than I did before the trip. Um, I like working with young people. I, I'm an educator, like I said earlier in the call. Uh, you know, I, I want to be in this profession because I like working with, with kids, and I like to see kids develop, you know, during this phase of their lives. You know, it's a four-year period, and from freshman year all the way through senior year, you see a lot of growth and development, and I really enjoy that. You know, one of the greatest moments on the trip, well, there was – there were two really that were non-football related. One of them was, you know, we went to a triple-A baseball game in Norfolk, Virginia, and um, our sister school, St. Joseph's, they had 29 cheerleaders um, that kind of on their own went and, and, and traveled and they wanted to support us. And we met up with them and to watch our kids and their kids intermingle um, and watch, uh, you know, a triple-A baseball game 3,000 miles from home is was just a great moment for me because you just watch you were watching kids be kids and that's yeah. kind of fun you know to be able to experience and then we also got a historical sense because that richmond area in virginia chesapeake it's a very you know culturally um you know um you know diverse area it, it it's obviously where the south kind of built their headquarters there in richmond and we went to the american civil war museum and, and spent some time there and i got a lot of african-american kids in my program. So it was a really powerful moment for them to be able to be in that situation, learn about some of the history of their ancestors um, and see how we become a country. And to be able to watch that and witness it and listen to the kids thank us after the trip uh, for all the experiences and the opportunities we gave them was, was pretty you know, heartwarming. I have no doubt. Like I said, I know it's more than X's and O's. So the last two questions, who's playing well for you coming into this game? Well, we have a lot of guys playing well. I'm really impressed with, you know, how we're playing defensively. We're, you know, we're very stingy defense. We've been really good in the red zone. Um, tough to run against, which I think hopefully is going to help us against modern day because I think that's, you know, one of their strengths is how well they run the football. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, offensively we're continuing to get better. My receivers have played a lot better uh, than, I, than we anticipated. They, they've been pretty dynamic throughout these first five weeks. You know, we play a two-quarterback system. Caden Hauser, who's a Michigan State commit, and Pierce Clarkson, who's a junior. Those kids have, have alternated series the entire first five weeks of the season. And the way that they handled it with such maturity and such grace um, has really been, you know, something that I've taken a lot, um, you know, of, of pride in, the fact that how they've managed it. Uh, but overall, we're just playing really well. And I think that, you know, th this game is not going to define our season, whether we win or lose. Um, it's good, just going to be another step toward 
you know, the end game, which is to try to win, you know, obviously a league and, and CIF championship. And um, I just hope that we continue to play well. I mean, I think if we do that, we're going to give a good show. And, you know, Lord willing, in the end of the fourth quarter, hopefully we have a shot to win it. Yeah, Jason Negro on the line, St. John Bosco. Uh, tie on your, uh, your, your coach speak hat there, Coach. Um, probably if I went back, and we've done this every year since I moved out there in 12, something pre-modern day, um, you probably said the same things, but I'll let you do the coach speak. What do you, you got to do right Friday night? We've talked at nauseum uh, in two things, and this is something that's kind of been a common theme with as many times as we've played these guys. If you're going to win the game, in my opinion, you have to do two things. One, it's, it's kind of three things, but in reality, it's two things. You need to be able to, you know, um, you know not, not turn the football over. We turned it over three times in the spring uh, to their zero, and, and they beat us. You know, in, in the championship game in 19, we won that turnover battle, and we were able to win the game by four points. So you got to win the turnover battle. That's important. And you have to be really good in the red zone. I think that's something that's kind of a lost um, you know, kind of, you know, focus in, in this thing. You know, you got to make sure on defense you're forcing kicks uh, and not allowing touchdowns. And when you're, when you're on offense, you got to be able to score uh, touchdowns and not settle for field goals. And that's, I think that's been the biggest difference because the game is so um, closely contested. If you look at the point differential, you know, over the amount of times we have played them since 2010, it's a very small margin. So, you know, you've got to try to steal some points whenever you have the opportunity and then ultimately, and I think he'd tell you the same thing, you got to win in the trenches. Offense and defensive lines, I think that's where we have separated ourselves as programs from the rest of the league teams uh, you know, across the country is we are really good um, on the offense and defensive lines, and we match up well with them. And, and I think that's, that's going to be a big area as well, is who can neutralize who at the offensive line, defensive line position, and, and see what happens in, in that area. And to put it in perspective, folks, 17-18 modern-day national champs, 19 St. John Bosco national champs. We won't count last year because, obviously, you guys didn't play till the spring. Um, I, I've run some numbers. The winner of this one uh, goes to the head of the class in the national championship chase. So, Coach, we wish you nothing but success. We always appreciate your time, especially on this week, because we know you are, you are loaded down with it. So best of luck on Friday night. No problem, Jeff. Thanks for having me. You know, this is one of my favorite, um, you know, opportunities each and every time that we get to time to talk. And mostly because I get to express, you know, a lot about the great things that we have done in our program and you provide this platform for us. And I'm just really appreciated for what you guys do at High School Football America. And, and anytime we can contribute, don't be afraid to call. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability, faster speed than Huddle Sideline, and GameStrat has awesome customer service. They also have great plans priced right for every coach's budget. And if you mention High School Football America, well, you're going to get a special friends and family discount. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of High School Football America. America.com. Hey, it is Thursday night, and that means you can follow every game this evening by going to highschoolfootballamerica.com. Check out our scoreboards state-by-state, state, powered by ScoreStream. You can do that all weekend long as well. That's the High School Football America podcast, and I'm Jeff Fisher.